0: Well, Merry Christmas church. Merry Christmas indeed. Come on. You'd had no idea me and Pastor Allen were gonna be all Christmassy today. I wore the green bomber jacket, he wore the red. That's kinda how we roll, right? We're kinda yin and yang, and just in case you think only me and Alan kinda click, just wait till you meet Annabeth. Annabeth and Tara are two peas in a pod. They love essential oils and keeping me and Alan out of jail. I mean that's That's basically what they are, and uh, hey, look, I'm so, so thankful to be here. Go ahead and get ready. Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're gonna eventually stand in honor of God's word like we did last week. I had the great privilege of uh, jumping into this series that Pastor Allen kicked off, this series called Watching and Waiting, as we together anticipate right this Advent season, this beautiful celebration of the Christ of Christmas. Thank you, church family. Thank you, Alan, for having me on one of my last weekends in Pittsburgh. This is bittersweet for me. Um, After serving the Lord here for five years, yes, the Lord has called my family and I uh, to pastor in a new assignment, new context and the heart of Charlotte. And We're scared to death, okay? Uh, I'll just be honest, as someone who's come from the South, I'm not mad about God's timing. The fact that he would call my family to move south right as we go into winter. I mean, thank you, Lord, for that incredible gift. I used to feel bad when I came here to Pittsburgh. I would complain about the weather and I'd keep it to myself. And I'm like, whoa, every Pittsburgher in this city complains about the weather. So I just let it fly. But uh, we are headed, and and this last kind of month for us has been a whirlwind. Um, But God's call trumps all, doesn't it? And uh, the Lord has spoken after serving the Lord in the city of New Orleans, uh, Annabeth and I served in that city. We planted a church out of our living room right after Hurricane Katrina, and uh, as we led one of her coworkers to the Lord, God birthed a beautiful church family, and we led that church for over a decade. In eight years, our church moved 13 locations, and so our church slogan was, we're a cool church if you can find us. And uh, eventually we merged with a church and we did this whole property renovation and I had an office for the first time, Alan, and then God called us to the foreign country of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, we showed up here in 2018 and my family's here with me today and we've just had a blast. We've fallen in love with this city. We've loved it. We've especially loved our church family that we've had the privilege of planting called Vintage Church. And God has moved, even in our COVID season here that we all went through together. And I'm so thankful that in our denomination, we've seen our network of churches grow from four to 15 churches across the city of Pittsburgh. And it's an honor to see them continue. But this is hard. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I preached my last sermon at our church, Vintage Church. And uh, it was a packed house, kind of hurt my feelings. It was like they're throwing a party I was leaving, you know. But I had one of the greatest privileges in all the world of, of baptizing four of my next door neighbors. Uh, three of them are here today. There's Dino, Valentina, and Gabby, and Courtney. Can we just thank the Lord for them? And uh, love this family so much. We had like a recital or something this past week and enjoyed some good Italian pizza afterwards. Uh, but that's my brother. Those are my sisters. And um, It was an honor to have that on my last Sunday, and then the next Sunday, my wife and I, we show up, and they throw a party for us, like a reception, and they literally, they break an attendance record as they're not only celebrating us leaving, but one of the many church planters that God called that we planted in this city, God put it upon our hearts to hand everything to them, and so they've merged their church, and I'm just telling you right now, our name is going to disappear, and I mean, Annabeth and I went down to New Orleans this past April and as we came through the front door, there was a girl there and she's like, hello, welcome to church. I want you to know where the restrooms are. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I designed these bathrooms. This is disrespectful, right? And and I'm just telling you like, I'm probably forgotten in New Orleans very quickly. I'm gonna be forgotten here in Pittsburgh. Do you know who's not forgotten? King Jesus. King Jesus has not forgotten. Even though I requested for statues to be built of me (laughs) outside, uh, he's not forgotten. And can I just tell you this, that's the reason why me and your pastor have clicked. When we sat beside each other at that pastor's gathering, yes, we have fun. You've probably seen us on social media together having fun. We both love golf and hanging out and good food. Last night, Annabeth was like, why, why aren't you home yet? I said, well, me and Alan had to go get wings. So we ate wings late last night, even though I had to preach three more times this morning. I mean, that's just, we click. But at the end of the day, I want you to know this pastor of yours, his family, Tara and Alex and Caden, they love Jesus too. And I'm just, I might be biased because he's one of my best friends. I think y'all have one of the best pastors in all the world. Can we just thank the Lord for Pastor Alan? And I love you, brother. This is not a goodbye, this is a see you later, this is a new chapter, and you guys are going to kind of see me a lot, so I hope you're ready. I hope you like what you you hear today. If not, Pastor Allen wrote the sermon, all right? Hey, let's let's jump in. Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two. Um, Pastor Allen jumped into Luke chapter two last week. I I love it, because we talk about in this Advent season, last week was about hope. Everybody say hope. This week's gonna be about peace, right? Everybody say peace. peace. And so last week on hope, uh, Pastor Allen preached from Luke 2 where we recognize that Simeon was left watching and waiting, right? And we were reminded that the Christ of Christmas brings hope. Man, I love this sermon. Be faithful in the waiting. Be hopeful in the waiting. Be spirit-led in the waiting. I love it. I'm gonna preach that when I get down to Charlotte. And give Alan credit. I love the season of Advent. The season of Advent's a season, season that's leading up to Christmas. And in this season, we declare the Messiah's coming. Amen. The Messiah's coming. Turn to your neighbor that just fell asleep. Tell him the Messiah's <laughs> coming. The Messiah is coming. Isn't that great? It's kind of like that movie Elf. Santa's coming. Santa's coming, you know? The Messiah is coming. And, and so we celebrate hope and peace and joy and love, which is encompassed in who Jesus Christ is, who is ultimate hope and peace and joy and love. And so the Messiah is coming. Isn't it great to know that as we open up the word of God today, the Messiah isn't just coming. The Messiah is here. Anybody want to give Jesus a shout of praise for being here among us right now? He is here. And if you're here today, and you're maybe giving church a try for the first time, you're walking by, you decide to come in, you're sitting up in the nosebleed. I want you to know this Jesus who's here. Can change your life. In just a few moments, I want to offer you an opportunity to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Hey, let's stand, church, and let's read God's word together. Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 14. The word of the Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, you may be seated. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Everybody say peace. Peace Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Two just Simple notes in this, and then we're going to break down this text together, and I want you to get out a pen and paper. It's important for you to take notes in church, because when you take notes in church, you look holier than your neighbor, and that's the point of church. (laughs) And so uh, there's two things here. First of all, I love that God shows up with these shepherds while they're just doing a job. Don't you love that? They're not necessarily looking for God. They're just doing a job. You know what that means to me? God shows up in our lives in our normal. And what we celebrate at Christmas is not that we came to God. We celebrate that God came to us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Has God ever showed up in your life when you weren't even trying to look for him? I know I'm thankful for that. See, God shows up in these shepherds' lives as they're just doing a job. God can show up, yes, as we worship King Jesus right now in this amazing place called ACAC, but I also believe God can show up on Wednesday morning, sir, ma'am, as you're doing a job. I also love that God didn't just show up here in the normal. He showed up with wonder with amazement. Anybody wanna testify that you've experienced the miraculous power of our God? I love, I mean, these angels show up. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, right? What a beautiful, miraculous moment. I don't wanna ever lose the wonder of God. I mean, when I look over here to my left, you're right, and I see my four kids. I think of the wonder of God. I'm in awe. Think about my beautiful wife there. We celebrate 20 years of marriage this May. Y'all need to give her a hand. (laughs) Y'all need need to say, way to go. Way to stick with that guy. 20, wonder. I I think about my salvation. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were called as missionaries to America. They're South African. I'm the firstborn in my family in America, and I know that sounds crazy, but America's not the hope of the world. We need the world to come to us. And so God called my parents to this country, and my dad was an evangelist, and he preached revivals all over the country with the Billy Graham Association. He just retired last year of serving a church for 30 years, and he had the great privilege for 20 years, the last 20 years of Dr. Billy Graham's life, he was Dr. Billy Graham's pastor. And I grew up in this revival culture. And back in the day, like revival preachers, I hate to tell you, only had five sermons. I had memorized it. I could speak with my dad, like my dad, with an accent. He speaks with a whole potato in his mouth. He fastens his safety belts. He puts petrol in motocals, right? I mean, I could do the whole thing like my dad. And my dad didn't say me that night. The Holy Spirit spoke through my dad. And at the age of seven, I walked down an aisle and I trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I never want to get over the wonder, the miracle of salvation. For I was saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. I'm so thankful that the Messiah is not just coming, that the Messiah is here. And so if that's true... The peace of Christ is coming, but may I submit to us here today, the peace of Christ is here. I want to answer this important question. What then is the peace of Jesus? What is the peace of Jesus? I read in a book this week, it's called Not the Way It's Supposed to Be. Listen to this description of peace. The webbing together of God, humans, and all creation in justice, fulfillment, and delight is what the Hebrew prophets call shalom. Everybody say shalom. Shalom. We call it peace. But it means far more than mere peace of mind or a ceasefire between enemies. In the Bible, shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight, a rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts fruitfully employed by a state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder as its creator and savior opens the doors and welcomes the creatures in whom he delights Shalom. I want some of that peace I love Christmas time don't you? I I think about my first Christmas with my family up here in Pittsburgh. I mean, it was a trip. We had never seen much snow. Uh, We didn't know a whole lot about, you know, a white Christmas, and we didn't know a whole lot about, you know, all the crazy things that are, but we found out real quickly that they were going to have this thing called Light Up Night downtown. Now, coming from New Orleans, I was a little nervous about that description. I'll just be honest. But nonetheless, light up night was happening. And I found out real quickly, we're gonna light a Christmas tree and it's gonna be around a big skating rink. And so my kids, they're five years younger. My oldest son, Bolt, he's 15. And my twin boys are 13. And then my princess, McCall, she's 10. She's my favorite, it's not even close. And, uh, and, and so you gotta imagine, they're all five years younger and we're like, let's go, man, let's do this thing. So we go out and it's packed out. It's the night they lit the tree. And it's packed out everywhere and, you know, we're going to get the skates. And my wife's like, uh-uh, I ain't doing this, right? You're doing this. And, and so we're all trying to, it was the funniest thing watching a bunch of Bayou boys and a Bayou girl trying to skate around, you know? I mean, it was a trip. I've got videos. It was so much fun. But it was packed out. It was chaotic. Anybody experiencing some chaos in Christmas? There are people everywhere. Well, there are a bunch of kids with pit you know, gear on, bunch of college kids, and they were real reckless, and out of nowhere, one college kid wipes out one of my twin boys. And so I see it, I'm on the sideline holding on for dear life on the edge, and so I have to make my way all the way out there, and I get out there and I make sure I mean his legs turned this way and I'm like, oh my gosh, is it broken? And I'm I'm caring for him and I'm, you know, he's crying. I'm I'm yelling at those college students saying, if we would get off this ice, I'm gonna destroy you, you know. And you know, I'm doing all and finally like I pick him up, I bring them over to the side. And as I bring him over to the side, my kids have watched all this. Um, my twin who's down, he's like, Hey daddy, can we get back out on the ice? I'm like, yeah, these kids might be hockey players, right? So we get back out on the ice, but this time was different. See, they had watched Daddy. They'd seen how Daddy, even though he was out of his element, was in control. Daddy had kind of intimidated those college kids not to mess around anymore. And when we got out on the ice this time, they would not let go of my hands. I had both my twins on both sides of me holding on. It was kind of cool because as we're skating, we're all terrible skaters, but we're we're skating around. I started to see these twins. They kind of got a little swag to them, you know. They're strutting a little bit. And one of the twins looks up at me and says, hey, daddy, let's take out some college kids. I was like, when we get off the ice. Any of y'all ever been knocked down? Anybody ever been blindsided by the enemy? Anybody ever been taken out in the chaos that this world's trying to sell you right now? The chaos of life, anything ever in your life not gone the way you planned it? When you've been down, has the Holy Spirit ever ministered to you? Has our heavenly father ever come alongside you and made sure that you're okay? Has he ever nourished you? Has he ever fed you? Has he ever encouraged you? Has he lifted you up and ministered to you? Have you ever, after being ministered by the Lord in that way, looked at King Jesus and said, let's get back in the game. Let's get back out on the ice, but this time you know you ain't letting go of daddy's hand. You're holding on for dear life because you know he is all that you need and as you go and you start to have confidence in the Lord, anybody ever looked up at King Jesus and say, in the name of Jesus, can we take out some college kids? I want you to know in this Christmas season, the peace of Jesus is for real. What Jesus has done for me, he can do the same for you. Consider these four descriptions of the peace of Jesus. First of all, I want you to know it is a faith-filled peace. It is a faith-filled peace. The peace of Christmas is here through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Everybody say faith. faith. We have Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I put it a different way? You can't experience the peace of Jesus without Jesus. There's a lot in this world that's telling you you can. But you cannot live for Jesus without Jesus. You cannot experience the peace of Jesus without Jesus. For we are saved by grace through Faith in Christ alone. As it declares there, we're justified by faith and because of that justification, we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that in this room, if you are here and you don't know God, I want you to know there's no one in this room that has the peace of God that got it through what they did or didn't do. It was grace. It was grace, God's amazing grace. For the gospel is not you have to do a bunch of things. That's religion. He wants a relationship with you. The gospel is you can't, but Jesus did. And because Jesus did, now you can. You see, this is a faith-filled peace. Number two, because it's a faith-filled peace, it's a past-freeing peace. It's a past freeing peace once you've been justified by faith you now have a past freeing peace consider romans chapter 8 verse 1 it says there is therefore now no everybody say no 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 condemnation praise jesus for those who are in christ jesus for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in christ jesus from the law of sin and death skip down to verse 5 and verse 6 in romans 8 it says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, that's what Pastor Allen talked about last week, to be spirit-led as we press on to keep hope in Christ, right? To be spirit-led, according to the spirit, set their mind on the things of the spirit. Now check this, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and Peace, peace. See, this is a past freeing peace. Aren't you thankful for that? Anybody been forgiven much? Anybody wanna testify that God has been faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of your unrighteousness? I got a phone call this past week from my college basketball coach. I played college basketball about 40 pounds ago. Pray for me and Pastor Allen because we have boys that are built like gladiators and they body shame us all the time. Um, but they've got these muscles, right? These these This definition and this coach reached out to me because one of his new recruits after his first year made a mistake in college. I know none of y'all ever made a mistake in college. And he regrets it and he's sad about it and... This coach really just loves this kid and I've done some things with the team over the last 20 something years since I've no longer played on that team but I, I stay involved in the program there and, and he asked if I would just have a time and, and I'd call him and as I'm preparing for this message, you know, I thought about a past freeing peace and I, and I thought about this truth. This is what I'm gonna share with this young man. My message to him is this. If you surrender it all to Jesus, this past won't define you, it will build definition in you. Not physical definition, spiritual definition, y'all with me? Because in Christ, your sins are forgiven, your identity is freedom in Christ over that sin. That sin no longer defines you, but the pain from that sin combined with the forgiveness of Christ will build a spiritual definition in you that will empower you forward, amen? Thank you, Lord, for this past freeing peace. But number three, it's a present fulfilling peace. It's a present fulfilling peace. Aren't y'all thankful that this life that Jesus offers to us is not something we're waiting for heaven to enjoy? We get to experience peace now. Everybody take a deep breath and enjoy this moment right now. You know, I'm here, I'm, I'm here taking notes. I long for this church that I lead in Charlotte to be even just a glimpse of who you are. I'm so thankful. You're a mighty move of God, ACAC. And I'm thankful for this moment right now. Are you thankful for the moments you have right now? You see, this is a present, fulfilling peace. And everything in Christmas is teaching you otherwise. <laughs> It's buying, you know, you buying the lie that something else is gonna make you happy today. You know who understands that? This is their business plan. Apple, iPhones. <laughs> How many of y'all have longed for something that they've created? Oh, if I just have that upgrade to that iPhone or that iPad or iMac or whatever. And then you like are so careful with it for your first three days and after two weeks you're like throwing it against a wall, Right? Apple banks on and they've made bank on the fact that there's nothing in this world that actually gives you peace. They know you're gonna get tired of it and you're gonna keep spending money for it. You see, nothing in this world satisfies like Jesus. Nothing. In all my years getting to be with the New Orleans Saints and in the NFL world and all that kind of stuff, I've been around the people who have everything this world has to offer and they'll be the first to tell you nothing in this world satisfies like Jesus. I love 2 Thessalonians 3.16. It says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way and then I love this declaration. The Lord Be with you all. You see, true peace, as preachers share over and over, is not found in the absence of problems. It's found in the presence of Jesus. But number four, as we close, this is a future favoring peace. This is a future favoring peace. Peace. Look in Philippians chapter four. I love Philippians. I've just wrapped up the book of Philippians. We preached through books of the Bible and I, I just loved, we took about, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 weeks and I just wrapped, that was my last Sunday. We wrapped up the book. I love the book of Philippians. You know why? Paul is writing this letter from jail, from shackles, right? And he's writing to his church that he planted. I'm praying, Lord willing, that I'm not in Charlotte in jail writing a letter, okay? Because I'm just telling you. I want to learn from Paul because he's like, rejoice and joy and, oh, man, everything's great. If me or Pastor Allen go to jail, I'm just keeping it real. I'm just exposing the fact that we're sissies. (laughs) If I'm in jail, the letter that I'm writing is not, oh, rejoice in the Lord. It's help! Send reinforcements, break me out of this place. I need a soft pillow, right? But Paul in jail shares this. Look in verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say what? Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. And then it says this. The Lord is at hand. How many of y'all believe the Lord's here with us right now? The, the Lord is at hand. And then I love this. Anybody ever get anxious? <laughs> He's the exception. We're all anxious about something. I mean, will the Steelers ever win a game again? No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. that was boo, boo, boo. Okay,? You're like, who's talking? You're the saints. I mean, like, come on. At least we know it's God's team, right? If God had a team, it'd be the saints, right? All right, so let's come back. I gotta come back, Alan, focus. Do not be anxious about anything, because we're all anxious at times. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to who? God, because he's at hand. And then I love verse seven. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. The world cannot create this or define this. This is greater than anything in the world. This is greater than you. This is greater than me. It surpasses all understanding. And I love this future tense. It will. It's a future favoring peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't it great to know that Jesus was, Jesus is, Jesus forever will be completely victorious. So look on the screen behind me. Here's a summary of what I want you to consider in response. Because we've just considered the fact that the peace of Jesus will give you peace with God. Thank you, Jesus, for providing a way. Peace over your past, peace in your present, and peace for your future. As we close, I just want to share one more illustration because it's the ultimate picture of peace in my life during Christmas. Annabeth's dad, his name's Bruce, my kids called him, his grandpa's name was Papa Bruce went to be with Jesus over a decade ago after a long battle with cancer. That last Christmas at my in-laws house, my father-in-law asked me one day to walk with him to the end of the driveway. And I walked to the end of the driveway with him. He was very frail. And he asked if I would preach his sermon, preach uh, his funeral. And he said, Rob, you know, my my father-in-law was a soft-spoken man, one of the most faithful men of God i have ever been around to the local church he was a member of my dad's church for years he had two vacation two week vacations and one of those weeks he always committed to drive a bus for student mission trips this was my father-in-law he said Rob I'm coming down from heaven if you stand up and you preach anything but Jesus at my funeral he said, because God gave me this cancer and he's given me this life and even death so that people would know him. A couple days later on Christmas Eve, we have a family time. My sweet McCall's just a baby. And I'll never forget my father-in-law telling the family, hey, get, let's get a guitar. Let's, let's kind of lock in together after we've just opened presents. And let's sing to our Jesus. Jesus. And guys, the smile that he had on his face, the joy, the peace that Pat. This is a man dying of cancer. I'll never forget him sitting in his favorite chair with my mother in law at his feet, singing things like, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before. Oh my soul, I worship your holy name. Y'all feel that? That's real. This peace is a faith-filled peace. It's a past freeing peace. It's a present fulfilling peace. And it is a future favoring. Would you stand, church? I wanna pray a prayer of blessing and peace over you. And if you would so receive this prayer, would you just lift up your hands, extend your hands out, and let's ask for the Holy Spirit to do work. And so, Lord, I pray right now first for that one person that's perhaps in this room right now that has never trusted you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray that you would save them right now by your grace that they would respond by repenting and putting their faith and trust in you. Give them your peace, Lord. And God, for the believer, Lord, that's in this house, that's maybe the the believer that's going through the highest of high or the lowest of low, everywhere in between, God, isn't it great to know that you are the peace at all times because you are at hand. So we receive your peace right now, King Jesus. And we ask for you to do what only you can do for your kingdom and for your glory. Church, we all say amen together. Amen, amen.
1: Just remain standing. I'm gonna ask you to give me a few minutes here. I'm gonna invite the Wiltons to come up, Tara, my wife. Um, Bruce, some of our elders that are here, I'm going to invite, if you're an elder that's um, here, this would you join me on the platform? Pastor Rock, I'm going to put you on the spot too. Would you join me up here for a minute? I will apologize now um, because I'm going to get emotional during this. this. is the only service we're doing this, but um, I want us to pray over Rob and his family. I love this man. And for those of you that have been in this church a long time and you heard Pastor Rock, there's a couple words, there's a phrase, I believe the Spirit of the Lord revealed this to Rock and he shared it and it was that expanded influence. How many of you ever heard that? That we would be a church, God spoke to Pastor Rock, I think I'm getting this correct, Pastor, that ACAC would have an expanded influence and specifically... um, in the area of urban ministry and diversity, which our mission is following Jesus in diverse community. Rob has been called and his family have been called to an urban context in Charlotte. And I just, I am amazed at God. Before I was ever here as your pastor, when God put that word in Pastor Rock's heart and in this church, he knew that your future pastor would become friends with the Wiltons and that one day God would call him to a church in Charlotte that it's about to go through a lot of what this church has gone through. To be being turned into a church that is generationally diverse, socioeconomically diverse, ethnically diverse. And we talk about a lot here. It's not always comfortable and it's not always easy. But I'm grateful that um, God has called this family, and I have no doubt his hand will be upon them. So I want us to pray. And Rob, as I was praying, um, there's a scripture that the Lord gave me for you and your family. Psalm 78, Asaph wrote this, and he's talking about the history of Israel. And then the part where Israel had forsaken them, they needed a shepherd. In Psalm 78, Asaph said that he plucked a small boy who was shepherding sheep, whose name was David, that no one knew. And that he was the leader to lead Israel. And it said in the last verse of 78, That David cared for them, the people of Israel, with a true heart, and he led them with skillful hands. Some of those versions said he led them with an upright heart, a heart of integrity, and with skillful hands. And as you go into this season, my prayer for you and what I will continue to be praying is that God guards your heart. He gives you a pure and upright heart, but skillful hands that are needed for this time at First Charlotte. So elders, would you lay hand on Annabeth and their kids? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray first, and then Pastor Rock, I'm going to hand you the mic. And um, we're going to have two prayers. And uh, I'm going to pray, and then Pastor Rock, I'm going to ask that you conclude um, and just praying over him. So Father, I thank you for my friend. Lord, you have used him uh, to bring peace in my life to be a friend that I can count on, like a brother. And it's been a gift. And Lord, I just pray over him and Annabeth and their boys that God, there is no doubt you have called them as I have seen how you have worked and orchestrated this beautiful story. So, Lord, I pray that you would now go before him, that, Lord, every word that is spoken from his lips would not be from his heart from, but from yours. I pray that you would guard his heart. Lord, when the enemy comes and brings discouragement, when the enemy comes and tries to speak lies into his ears, that you would shut the mouth of the enemy. I pray for his hands, God, that you would give him skillful hands. Lord, that you would... Um, Just give them an anointing that is needed for this season. I pray for that church. I prayed for the elders, the leadership, the deacons that are there, the staff, that, God, that you would already unite their hearts together. Be upon them, Lord, in that city of Charlotte in the name of Jesus Christ.
2: Gracious Heavenly Father, we're thankful that you don't call any man or any woman to make a difference in the world in their own strength, in their own wisdom, in their own ability, in their own charisma. Father, you call us to minister in the power of your Holy Spirit. And we gladly confess that apart from the Spirit, we can do nothing. Only that that has its origin in the Spirit will be effective. Only that that is empowered by the Holy Spirit will be effective. Only that that is directed by the Holy Spirit will be effective. So, Father, as Rob and his family go to Charlotte, the only thing they really need is a fresh anointing and equipping from your Holy Spirit to show them what to do, to help them know when to do it, to help them know how to do it. So, Father, we pray today for a fresh anointing. The anointing they had for their season here is now past and no longer needed. But a fresh anointing for Charlotte is needed, and we pray that that would fall upon them today and that everything they do in that city, in that church, in that neighborhood would be Spirit-led, Spirit-empowered, Spirit-directed, And bring change and hope and renewal and make the latter days better than the former days. Lord, do a powerful thing through them. Do a powerful thing in them. Do powerful things for them. And Father, we know that the Spirit is given to lift up Jesus. And so we pray in all that they do that Jesus would be lifted up, that Jesus would be honored and glorified. So, Father, let that fresh anointing fall upon them today, and we thank you for what lies ahead in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: I'm going to invite our prayer team as we dismiss um, any elders that are here, our prayer team to come forward. Maybe uh, today's the day that you want to place your faith in Christ and get the peace that Rob talked about, or maybe we can pray with you that God would give you the peace in this chaotic season. Um, We're here to pray with you at the end. Prayer team, go ahead, make your way forward now towards the front and any elders that are here. And may we go. And walk with peace, not just in our own lives and our own homes, but carry that shalom to the marketplace, to the workplace, and to the neighborhoods. God bless you. You're dismissed.